Welcome to this green church. We're a Christian community on a mission to raise saviors, believers that are righteous and supernatural, to succeed, lead, and have transformational societal impact. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. and Wednesday at 6 p.m. to be a part of this amazing service. Be blessed as you listen. Father, we thank you for tonight. We are happy to learn at your feet today. We thank you for understanding. We thank you for illumination. But I will thank you because through these teachings, we will see your character better. We discern you more accurately in the name of Jesus. Father, I do not take this job for granted. Um, I don't take teaching such a controversial topic for granted. Dear Jesus, this is a sincere teaching. Um, no, no additions, no subtraction. I'm just doing this to the extent of my understanding of your nature today. I understand that in this kind of topics there are landmines here and there. Alright? But thank you because you help us. I appreciate our sincerity. Even when we sincerely make mistakes, because that can happen also. Thank you, Father. Jesus, let me pray. Can have assets. Alright? So um, let nobody bamboozle you. This is a difficult topic. Let nobody make it look as though it is an easy conversation to have. Alright, so um, I'm not here to force us to see God in a particular light. I'm not here to, to push to you an ideology. I am making suggestions based on what I've seen in scripture and study. Alright? It is left to you to accept or not. Okay? On this talk, I will permit you whatever you accept. Why? Because it is controversial and difficult. Amen. Now, another things like, you know, um, the deity of Jesus, how to get saved. Those are, those are, they are more straightforward things. They are straightforward doctrine, okay? That one, we can't, we cannot argue about it, okay? Because it's clear in Scripture, right? But this one, you know, is quite controversial. So, even me did not get here, okay, where I am currently in this talk, in a day. It has taken years of study, and of questions and of growth. Okay? So, allow you your own process. But I want you to, be, to have this greed in your mind when you go through scripture and you see something really difficult or weird about God. My, my work in this is to make you stop and think before you say God did something bad, because in quotes, the Bible said so. Do you understand? So, 
if I can get you to stop and think, I have done a good job. Why did, why did I decide to teach this topic? When we had to go over and over to the Testament to read verses in Scripture, and we saw some very scary things. Okay, okay. If we don't have this conversation, when time we go to the Okwena, we're talking, we're seeing landmines, landmines everywhere. So let's talk so that when we go there, okay, uh, there is more you know, understanding. Like when we read when Nathan, when Nathan told David, okay, that because you have slept with Bathsheba and killed Uriah, that you know your children will do kinikon kinikon, your your daughter, your wife will uh, so. It could look as though God made that happen, which God didn't. Okay, we are talking about these issues, so that we see that, so that we learn the Hebrew permission idiom, that God is said to do what He did not stop, what He allowed, what He could not prevent. That God is said to do, you know, what God prophesied to people that you did this. This is the consequence of it. Okay, that God is said to do, not that he actively did, but that he permitted, he could not stop, okay, or because men rejected God, God turned his back, and the devil showed them pepper. Alright? So, Genesis 1, Genesis 3, when we read the scriptures there, it reads as though God punished man. But God already told man, that the day in which you eat this fruit, you shall surely die. Not I will kill you. Not I will do this to you. But that by eating of this fruit, this is the consequence of it. So when God now come to Genesis 3 and now read them, you know, the consequences. It's not as though God effects punishment, the consequence, but that this is what you have brought on yourself. So that God again is said to do it from the beginning what it did not stop, what he could not stop, okay? What man brought on himself. All right? So God did not punish man. God showed man the consequence of his fall. This is what a fallen world would look like. All right? Amen. Your bias will show in your interpretation of scripture. Your bias will show your interpretation of scripture. All right. If your bias is for a sovereign God that does what He wants, actually, Yomu, okay, someone one that does what He wants, how He wants, you cannot question him. You know, it's Kabiosi. He can do as He pleases, and it can't be questioned. If He can kill and make alive, He can do all sorts. Then whatever happens, you will say God did it. It is Amua alone, what, some, what God brought. It will show in how you read scripture. Even in parts that do not mention that God did something. Because it is done, and it's not right who did it. You quickly say, it is God that did it, okay? But if your bias is for the kind of father that Jesus reveals, you will pause before you make some conclusions. Alright? Jesus is the bias of God that God would have us have. Jesus is the prism, the grid through which God would have us see him. All right. So again, we'll go over some verses over and over, and over again that we did on um, first, first one is the second one is the, so that we have these verses 
as a foundation for difficult texts. So number one, back to James 1, 17. James 1, 13 to 17. James 1, 13 to 17. Are we there? James 1, 13 to 17. Let's make it fast so we can, you know, because it's obviously always many verses to read. All right? When tempted, if you are online and you are on YouTube, today we don't have any verse on the screen today because of technical issues. Be back on Sunday, all right? So yeah, just watch and open your own Bible or your phone. All right. Verse 13, James 1. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. 15. Look at this. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin when it is fully grown gives birth to death. Look at that. That desire becomes sin, mature sin becomes death. In no place there did it say that God will bring death on the sinner. But that mature sin will lead to death. That death is a foul offspring of sin. That, you know, sin carries in itself, you know, its own seed of affliction. Verse 16, look at this. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. James is so clear here, okay? Verse 17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly light, who does not change like shifting shadows. He's saying here that God is always good, that God does not change, that you cannot make God act out of character, that you cannot make God act out of character, that God is always in character, that God is not me. If you provoke me, I could, and I'm in the mood, you know, give you back. But that God is consistent. He does not change like shifting shadows. So it means when you see things that don't look like God, before you say God did it, calm down. God does not change like shifting shadows. It's not a maniac. All right. Colossians 1 15. Colossians 1 15. Colossians 1 15. Colossians 1 15. Are we there? Colossians 1 15. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. So he's saying here, God cannot be seen. But Jesus reveals him. That we cannot see God, but that we see all we see of him in Jesus. That all we should see of Jesus, of God rather, is seen in the person of Jesus. So if I've seen Jesus, I've seen what God is like. He is the image, is what? The visibility of the invisible God. Is the what? Visibility of the invisible God. Is the visible replica 
of the invisible God. Hebrews 1 to 3. Hebrews 1 to 3. In the past, God spoke to ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the, you know, of God's, of God's glory, okay? Yeah, of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Uh, that, you know, in the past, God spoke to us through different people. But now, listen, but to show that there's a, there's a difference between, between, you know, who said before and who speaks now. That now, he has spoken to us by his son. And that this son, you know, is the visible representation of God. It represents the Father. He is the image of God. So that we can, look at this, put a preference on the Son's talk about the Father over what anybody says about the Father. If they all, you know, revealed God accurately, revealed His will, you know, um, accurately, if they said the same things the same way, Christ did not need to come. The Son came so that we can see the Father clearer. So, if Job is the question, then I see the answer in Jesus. Job is the question, Jesus is the answer. So, when I see in the book of Job and I say, Did God did? I go back and look at Jesus. Can Jesus do? So if he didn't, then I must think about what else could that, part, could that part mean that I'm missing out on. First John 5.20. First John 5.20. We know also that the Son has come and has given us what? understanding, so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, by being in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Jesus has come to give us understanding of the person and nature of the Father. He has come so that we are no more in the dark about what the Father can do. Hallelujah. So, if I want to see the Father clearly, I must look at Jesus. Glory to Jesus. John 6.38. John 6.38. Let's go to John 5 first. John 5.16-20. John 5.16-20. John 5.16-20. John 5, please note verses down. You will need them. They are your armor when you face weird things in the Bible. John 5, 16 to 20. So, because Jesus was doing this on the Sabbath, Jesus last began to persecute him. In defense, said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too, I am working. 
Verse 18. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father. Look at this. Making himself equal with God. Verse 19. Jesus gave them them this answer. Very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. 20. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than this so that you will be amazed. So all the son does is what the father is doing. They agree. So it's not as though God is punishing somebody. Christ is not begging, not begging God, my father, my father, please don't kill them. You know, don't kill them. Remember, I died for them. So it's not as though it's good cop, bad cop. No, they agree. I, I, I went together. It's not begging him, don't kill them. Look at that cute pony eye, you know, don't. Uh, hallelujah. They agree. They, they, they agree. The son only does what the father is doing. All right. John 38. John 6 38. For I have come down from heaven, look at this, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. So that whatever Jesus does is the will of the Father. So we see the will of the Father in Jesus' actions and his words. We see the will of the Father in what Jesus did. He only did the will of the Father. Luke 9, verse 156. Luke 9, verse 51 to 56. Luke 9, verse 51 to 56. Are we together? Now, it came to pass when the time had come for him to receive up. That he suddenly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Okay, 52. Let me just before him, before his face. And as they went, sorry, excuse me. Okay. And as they went, okay, came to the Samaritan's prayer for him. Okay, 53. But they did not receive him because his face was set for them to Jerusalem. 54. When disciples James and John said this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Look at this. Just as Elijah did. 55. But he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. This is, this is NKJV. All right? 56. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. And then he went to another village. So, they said, they rejected you. A O Jesus. Okay? That let us call down fire to destroy them like Elijah did. What did he do? He rebukes them. We don't do that here. You don't know what manner of spirit you are of. And then he turned and went elsewhere. 
So that when, when, when he rejects God, he lives, but doesn't now afflict you. But look at something. Christ did not tell them if they call down fire to not happen. He didn't say that. He didn't say they call down fire to not happen. You see that? He didn't say that. Meaning that men with authority can actually call down fire to happen. And it will be God's will. And it will not be God's will. It will happen, no, but it will not be God's will. That when men like us speak, spirits move to get things done. And it can happen. And it won't be God's will. Elijah did it. Mean that if Christ was there, I would have rebuked him. Elijah, what you did is terrible. You shouldn't have done it. But it can happen. And it's not be God's will. So, I read a book a long time ago. I was talking about how a spiritual father used to boast about the people he killed. A spiritual father used to boast about it. He was a sharp prophet, but he also killed people with poetic words. So tell people, if you don't receive me, can you, call, can you, call, can you will die. And people died. There are people, actually, people died for him. People died in their numbers for him. He killed people. In fact, he will boast that if they put people he has killed in one room to fill up, they get filled up. Is that? that if they count people he has killed, they will fill up the room. So it can happen. And it's not because we will. All right. Are we still together? Acts 10.38. Acts 10.38. How God did what? Jesus of Nazareth. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. God anointed him. God empowered him with the Holy Ghost and power. And he went about doing good even others were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. You see that? How God anointed Jesus Christ Nazareth. So it was God that empowered the Son in his earthly work to do what he did. So that God was in the healing and deliverance from everywhere he went to. That it was God's will, all through it is God's will, that people be delivered from the devil's oppression. So you see God as the deliverer and the devil as the afflictor. It's important I would say that way. So everywhere he went, he was doing good. What was the good? He didn't also oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So that is, we see God's fingerprints in healing and deliverance. We see the devil's own in oppression. All right? Second question, second question is 13, 13, 10. Second Corinthians 13, 10. Second Corinthians 13, 10. He's talking about how spiritual authority can be used for good and for evil. Spiritual authority can be used <laughs> for good and for evil. When it's used for evil, it's not God's will, but it's possible. So it's why you have to be careful how you relate to those, those that actually are ahead of you. You must preserve that honor. All right? Preserve the honor. All right, it's important, okay? Are we there? Let's do NKJV if you have NKJV. 2 Corinthians 13.10. The truth is, if you know who you are in Christ and you act in good conscience, no one can curse you. Nobody can curse you. All right? But if you don't know who you are in Christ, 
and you offend some people, what are powerful? Hallelujah. All right. Key thing is to know we are in Christ, okay, and, and live like it. NKJV. Okay. Therefore, I write these things being absent, less being present, I should use sharpness, according to the words, the authority which has given to me, for edification, not for destruction. So he's saying, I'm writing to that so that when I come to you, you know, I don't shiwawu. I don't use my authority for destruction, rather for edification. All right. Are we still there? Are we still together? Matthew 5. Matthew 5, 43-48. Matthew 5, 43-48. It's Bible study, okay? It's Bible study, so many verses. We note that down for future references, okay? Want to go? You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Look at 45. That you may be what? Children of your, of your father in heaven. Look at this. That when you love those who hate you, you are being children of your father in heaven. Meaning, this, this is how your father is like. He loves those who hate him. It's not, not how to kill them or to destroy them. Okay? It causes his, his, his son <laughs> to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Okay, for the six, if you only love those who love you, what reward will you get? And I'm not even just collectors doing that. For the seven, and if you only greet your own people, what do you do more than the others? Okay, not even pagans do that. Forty-eight, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. What's telling you? This is how your Father behaves. It doesn't cause his enemies; he loves his enemies. You know, you are, what you, worship. you are what you worship. You are what you worship. You are what you worship. Think about it well. If my God kills his enemies, I might feel justified in killing my enemies. Do you understand? If my God kills infidels, I might feel justified in killing them. Because why? I'm trying to act like him. Don't forget, the more I see him, mm, the more I be like him. So if I see a murderer, Amen. Are we still together? John 1 18. John 1 18. John 1 18. I said earlier that when it comes to the nature of God, we must take the voice of the Son above all other voices. The Son, who is himself God, describes the Father best. Once you go, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and his relationship with the Father has made him known. The one and only Son, who is himself God, you know, and his relationship with the Father, he has made him, the one that expressed to the Father, you know, has made him known. So I must believe the words of the Son about God over every other voice is the one and only son who is himself God. 
Glory to Jesus. So, Jesus shows us God's character. Alright? Jesus reveals the Father to us. Jesus shows us a God that is loving. A God that saves. A God that heals. One that will not cause any, rather bless his enemies. Okay, so we must take that above every other thing. Okay? That when we see those sketches in scripture, remember the Ibrahim idiom, okay? The Ibrahim idiom that God is said to do what he allowed by not stopping it, by not, by not, by not preventing it, okay? What he prophesied, okay? And what he said would happen. Amen. For when deity has, has spoken through man, okay, he has allowed man to use man's own, you know, man's own modes of expression that work in his current day. You don't get that. All right. So we'll see also from last week and two weeks ago that the way God judges people is to reject protection from them. The way God judges people is we draw his protection from them, okay? It's, it's God's turning back from people so that they see, so that, so that they receive, you know, what their actions deserve. That it's not God that himself afflicts them, but that God draws his protection from people so that, you know, they get, you know, the result of their own actions. That man rejects God, and God, you know, leads man to rejection. God gives them over, meaning that I allow you have what you want. And anything you see, is what you did that, that gave you the results. All right? Glory to Jesus. Jeremiah 46. Jeremiah 46, 25, 26. Jeremiah 46, 25 to 26. Jeremiah 46, 25 to 46. Are we there? Jeremiah 46, 25 to 26. Are we good online? Let's check. Sure, we are all on the same page. I'll check them up, okay? And ask if you, are, if you are doing well. Amen. So if you are doing well online, let me know in the comment section of your YouTube, your Mix LR, or your Telegram. Just let me know that we are good, we are together, and we are learning. All right. Are we there? Okay, want to go. For the Lord of hosts, God of Israel says, Behold, I will bring punishment on Ammon of No, interesting name, and Pharaoh and Egypt with their gods and their, and their kings, Pharaoh and those who trust in him. Look at this, 26. And I will deliver them to the hands of those who seek their lives. See, that of the king of Babylon, and I Look at it. It says, I will deliver them up. See, that the way I will fight them is to deliver them to their enemies. Meaning that they will see my anger and that when they fight their enemies, they will lose, lose to their enemies. It's not as though I will personally inflict them, okay, but that when they fight their enemies, they will lose. Are you getting that? So show the way God punishes people is that when they fight their enemies, okay, they don't get help from God, okay, rather their enemies defeat them. That it's not as though God will himself come down and fight them but that it allows them to lose their enemies. Glory to God. Leviticus 23. Leviticus 20 verse 3. Leviticus 23. Let's do that in amplified version. Leviticus 23. You need to think about this stuff that is happening right now. 
this thing where we're in Instagram and I never starts cooking. It's not new, okay? One of my mentors shared the story to Ren Sam when in this time. How, you know, they, they will be having salmon service and someone will be cooking, neighbor will be cooking and like, so it's like the church story. We are together. It means that we have, we have hopes also that we also grow and be big. So we welcome the distraction. Amen. Leviticus 23. The guy chooses this time every week to do this behavior. God will forgive him. Amplified version. Amplified version. Leviticus 20, verse 3. Leviticus 20, verse 3. Are we there? Alright. One to go. I will also set my face against that man. Opposing him will draw my protection. You see that? From him. And I will cut him off from his people, screaming from the atonement made for them, because he has given some of his children to Molech, so as to defend my sanctuary and profane my holy name. So he says, I will withdraw from my protection. That is how I will punish him, but I will draw my protection from him. Are you getting my point here? So that God's judgment is not, is not to take Cain and flog people, but to withdraw his protection from them. All right? Amen. Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31. Sorry. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 31. So I'm trying to learn new habits. It's difficult. I'm 30 plus. <laughs> Deuteronomy 31. Verse 17. So I should come out to speak. Deuteronomy 31. Verse 17. It gets better. Amen. Okay, NIV, normal, uh, normal um, translation. NIV is fine. Look at this. And in that day, I will become angry with them and forsake them. I will hide my face from them and they will be destroyed. Look at that. Let's continue. Many disasters and calamities will come upon them. And in that day, they will ask, not disasters come upon us because our God is not with us. Are you seeing that? That when God leaves us, men reject him. Things happen to them. So that's what's punishment is seen in God's withdrawal from people because people reject him. Do you understand? That it's not God that brings the king, but that God's king is to leave people to their choices. All right? Isaiah 54, 7 to 9. Isaiah 54, 7 to 9. Are we learning tonight? Yes, sir. Isaiah 54, 7 to 9. Isaiah 54, 7 to 9. Are we there? This is so interesting, okay? 7 to 9. One, two, go. For a brief moment, I abandoned you. But with deep compassion, I will bring you back. In a surge of anger, I hid my face from you for a moment. With everlasting kindness, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, the Redeemer. Verse 9. Verse 9. Look at verse 9 carefully before you read it. Look at it well before you read it. Look at it well before you read it. It has meaning. Let's go together. To me, this is like the days of Noah. <laughs> yeah, when I swore 
the daughters of Noah would never come again on the face of the earth, okay? So now I have sworn not to angry with you, never to rebuke you again. He's saying, this is as the days of Noah. Uh, that looks like, amen, that God did not open heaven by himself and flood the earth. Amen. Not to agree with me, it's fine now. Because it's, it's, it's fine. It says earlier, verse 7, that, you know, in a brief moment of my anger, I left you to your choices. I left you alone. But now I will bring you back. This is like the days of Noah. That God sent Noah to do an act because a flood is coming that God did not send. Okay. When you get on your own, think about it well. Okay? That God told Noah, a flood is coming. Build an ark to protect him from a flood he did not send. He means floods coming. Again, that God is set to do what he said will happen. That God is set to do what he said would happen. That God's judgment, okay, is to allow things happen. Because man rejects him. That God wants to leave you to a, a world without God. To leave you to a life. You don't want him to be. Okay, if you try to try and you don't agree. He has to respect your choices and leave you to your actions and its consequences. All right? Amen. You don't have to agree with me. You know, I said earlier that you don't have to. I'm just giving you a different prism with which to look at these things. Okay? Because now when, when bad things happen, people say it's act of God. God sent earthquake. So people say, look at this. When things happen in America, people say God sent those things because people are bad. That God destroyed them because they are destructive. So I destroy because they are destructive. So that we are both not destroyers. People say because, because they are both babies, God now killed them. So it means that because you killed and not killed, we are both killers. We have to be, do you hear my point here? We have to be careful that we see this. That God sent COVID because people are bad. So God killed both good and bad people because some people are bad. Do you understand the issue here? God wants to show us that he's God. He now sends COVID that kills believers and unbelievers. Amen. First Peter 5, 8. First Peter 5, 8. First Peter 5, 8. My only point, I want you to see these verses that say God does something terrible. Just wait first. That's my point. Notice, okay? Now you stop to think. Think about it well. Before you say God did something bad. That's my point, okay? Look at this. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So the devil goes about. He goes about looking for where there is space for destruction. That once he sees that this one 
let himself open through sin or carelessness. He's one going about looking for a womb to devour. And once he sees that, let me just finish it quickly. You understand? That the devil goes up looking for openings. When he can find out, this one, he has chased God from his life. He finds an opening there to destroy. When he finds someone living in sin, the person is unshielded, open to attacks. He attacks so that he is the attacker. Are we good? Are we still friends? Will you change church? Oh, Toby. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, 29-31. Ephesians 4 from 29-31. Ephesians 4 from 29 to 31. Ephesians 4 from 29 to 31. Once you go, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Verse 30, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. 31. Look at, look at this. Look at this. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. 32. Be kind and patient to one another. Okay? Forgive one another just as Christ in you in God f- forgive you. He says, don't keep malice. Don't store anger. Don't store rage, but forgive as God forgave you. Showing God as the forgiver, not one that acts in anger, doesn't act brashly. Do you understand? Doesn't act, your family now, poof, sees your life. Ephesians 5, 1 to 2. Next, 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 next chapter, Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Look at this. So, continue from there, continue from what I said before. It says, follow God's example as dearly loved children and walk in love. So many, when I walk in love, I'm following God's example that God walks in love. If it's not love, it's not God. Do you understand? God walks in love. All right. So, does God then make people sick? That you offend me, God. I then reply by making you sick. It doesn't exactly work. It's not, it's not connected with love. I can't say that and call it love. All right? We said earlier that sin carries in itself its own state of destruction. That sin on itself attracts destruction. That sin is a, come, 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 kill me. It might take a while, but unrepentant sin will bring destruction. It's sowing and reaping. So, so, so to the flesh, you reap destruction. That sin hurts you. And people around you, sin brings in its own self, its own seed of destruction. 
Luke 11, verse 20. So in Luke 11, in Luke 11 14 to 20, Christ casted out the devil, and people told him, you know, that he casted out the devil by a bigger devil. And I told them something. That if a house is not against itself, the house will not stand. Amen. So, if, for example, God is destroying and Christ is healing, the house will not stand. For it to stand, you have to have the same job description. Hallelujah. Verse 20. It says, But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, again, saying that this thing I am doing my father's will. If I drive out demons by what? the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. That God's kingdom is seen in healing and deliverance, not destruction. And the fingerprint of God is healing. Hallelujah. The fingerprint of God is healing, restoration, deliverance, salvation, redemption. If I do this by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And I see evil is not God. The finger of God is healing. The finger of God is healing. Hallelujah. Exodus 15, 26. Exodus 15, 26. Exodus 15, 26. Exodus 15, 26. Are we there? Want to go, he said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the that, that I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. He says, if you obey me and follow me, look at this, I will not bring on you any of the words sicknesses that I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals you. Now, it looks as though he's the one bringing and taking sickness. As though he's saying, if you obey me, I will not bring it on you, like he's the one bringing and taking. Wouldn't that be psychopathic? That would be like, that would be very, like a maniac. <laughs> that is one bringing sickness and taking. We read earlier, said earlier, that God is said to do, okay, what he allows, what he could not stop, what he said would happen, okay? So he's saying here, if you obey me and follow me and stay in my will, I will keep these things from happening to you. For I am the Lord your healer. So again, that my fingerprint is healing. Hallelujah. My fingerprint is in healing. So if you follow me and, and do my will, I will keep these things from you. I am the Lord your healer. I heal by preventing and by curing. Hallelujah. Revelation 2, 23. This one is more interesting. Revelation 2, from verse 23. Revelation 2, 
from verse 20 to 23. Revelations 2, from verse 20 to 23. Are we there? Want to go. Nevertheless, I have this against you. It tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into their morality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. 21. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. 22. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering. And I will make the adultery with her suffer intensely, unless they repent of her ways. 23. I will strike her children dead. Now the churches will know that I have ill such as hearts and minds, and I repay each of you according to your deeds. Wow. Amen. So this is, this is, this is grim. All right? But again, we have to come back again and read it through the character of God, or sin in Jesus. That Judas betrayed him for 30K. <laughs> betrayed him for 30K. People persecuted him. They picked up stones to stone him. Not once did he curse them. Peter denied him. After boasting that, Lord, I will die with you. Peter denied him before a little girl. Not one did he reply with a curse. So, seeing that character, I cannot confidently say that God said he will kill people for disobeying him. This is how you should read. That because you are living in sin, I have left you to your consequences. Sin in itself carries its own ayah. Again, sexual sin. So again, HIV gone one day. Okay? So sin in itself carries its own seed of death. The way you are going, you will die. That's the point. I cannot help you or protect you in sin. In fact, by being unrepentant, I've turned my back on you on this case. Anything you see, take it like that. Do you understand? He says, I'm warning you, repent. Hey, time is running out. That's the point. Repent. You're almost there. You're almost in trouble. Glory to Jesus. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 5, 1 to 5. 1 Corinthians 5, 1 to 5. If you are happy and you know, say amen. If you're happy and you know, say amen. amen. If you're happy and you know, and you really want Shakara girl, if you're happy and you know, say amen. amen. All right, First Corinthians 5, 1 to 5. Uh, you know, it's important that we, as believers, let our head down and enjoy life. Hmm? Breathe. Enjoy the weather. Enjoy weather. Hmm? Enjoy love. Go out. Look at nature. Amen. Watch films more. Yeah. Sometimes they come with some they come with 
some, sometimes interesting observations and lessons. There are things I've read in scripture. When you see, when you see the movie, like, ah, that thing. I've seen that story before. I've seen it in the Bible. Amen. Watch movie. Just breathe a little, okay? This is we act as though we, we don't live in a body. As though we're only spirits. No. If you're on this earth, you're a spirit that has a soul and lives in a body. Meaning for you to be healthy, you must feed your spirit, feed your mind, feed your body. Sleep. Love. Your soul needs to feel that part of, that part of life too. Like you know, you are, you are living full. Love. As in, don't just be spirit. You are spirit, soul, and body. Love. Enjoy friendships. Enjoy music. Enjoy love songs. Baby, you look beautiful tonight. You have to do, begin, begin, you know. God is not putting us in the box. We put ourselves there. Amen. We put ourselves in the box, and that box is choking. You can barely smile. Leave, leave that box. Breathe. So the thing by being seriously faced Christians and making God happy, God is coming for you. Ha! My sons, which way lay? Serious boy, see how his face is strong. God is not applauding that. Breathe. Amen. All right. First Corinthians 5, 1 to 5. Want to go is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, gay gay, and of a kind that even pagans do not tolerate. A man is sleeping with his father's wife, and you are proud. There is a shock. <laughs> I can't exactly shock. Ah. And you are proud. Should you rather have gone into mourning? Now. Out of, out of fellowship, this man wasn't doing this, okay? Shouldn't you have sent the man out of your church? This unrepentant man that, will not, that doesn't want to repent. Shouldn't you have sent him out of fellowship? Verse 3. For my part, even though I'm physically, pre- I'm not physically present with you, I am with you in spirit. And someone's present with you in this way, I'm very passionate of Jesus Christ. Verse 4. So when you are assembled, and I am with you in spirit, and the power of the Lord is present. Look at this. Verse 5. And this man over to Satan for the word destruction of the flesh, so that a spirit might be saved on the day of the Lord. This is how God judges people. He leaves them to Satan. So he's saying, as a church, free this guy. Free him. Have you free him? Satan will show him what he's writing to do. He's saying here, yeah, when, when you read for that, that, don't you know that a little, a little, a little level, you know, levels up the whole door. That if you don't let this man go and see something, it will be there from part of you, and that will copy what he's doing. Do you understand? That if you don't let this man to just leave him alone, shall you alone, leave the church, be by, go bye bye, leave church. If you don't free him, and you let him be in church unrepentantly, people will see him and do what he's doing, thinking church approves of his behavior. But once you send him out of, out of church, the devil that is roaming about will finish this guy. That by being in church, is as though he has some spiritual covering by being part of the body. Do you understand? That the way God judges people is to abandon them. And once it does, what happens? The devil 
that is going about looking forward to the world with no pain. So it's why you can't play with sin. Sin carries it in itself a notion of destruction. You cannot sow sin and think you will reap grace. You cannot sow sin without repenting and think you will reap grace. It's a matter of time before the destruction will come. Amen. First Corinthians 11. Corinthians 32. First Corinthians 11, 27 to 32. Are we together? Is it good so far? First Corinthians 11, 27 to 32. Now, there are more difficult verses about judgment, okay? That, that I'm not clear on how to explain yet. So, yeah, there might be others that you're wondering what, what happened here. Well, uh, just know, sir, from scripture, all, only good things come from God. All right? For example, did God, you know, directly send the plagues on Egypt? Did God kill the firstborns? Some might say it is fair that God killed, because they killed the Israelites. Some might say it is fair. But if I agree to that, I'm saying God actively kills, so I'm not there yet. When I, when I, when I get clear you know, what happened there, I'll come back to what you then. I'll read it again, just be thinking about it. So my point is that there are other, there are other verses, so that I'm, I'm, not, I'm not gaslighting you. This is everything. There are other verses, okay? Are we there? 27, just 11, 32. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. 28, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. 29, for those who eat and drink without the sign of the body of Christ, eat and drink to myself. Eat and drink judgment on yourself. Verse 30, look at this. That is why many among you are weak and sick and a number are falling asleep. The English word is die. Alright? 31. But if we are more standing regard to ourselves, we will not come under such judgment. 32. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined that are not finally condemned with the world. When we are judged this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined. Does not be finally condemned with the world. Now, is he saying that, because people, you know, did the command on what they leave, that God directly inflicts them with punishment? No. Again, God is only said to do what he permits. And even here, Paul did not say that God did it. So that this is why, that this sin you people are doing of taking a body casually, Coming come to church to do, you know, um, um, sort of the fittest, okay? The lion takes everything else, that kind of stuff. Coming to church to do this kind of behavior is opening the door for affliction. It's why many, many of you are sick, and you are sick until death. And if you repent in the body of Christ, you know, this sickness will leave you. I get my point here? So, so that the sickness itself is the result of the sin. It's not saying that God brought you, but that sickness, many times, Many, not all times, many times, the result of unrepentant sin. Amen. Acts 5. 
Now this is the golden, the, the, the golden story of punishment in the Bible. <laughs> Acts 5. I think we can we'll end on Acts 5 to 9 for time's sake, maybe. Acts 5, 1 to 11. And that's Safira's a good story, scary story. Because people lie every time. So you should be worried though. <laughs> people have lied before my face many times too. I know they are lying, but <laughs> if it's the way God is to behave. <laughs> Hallelujah. One to go. Now a man named Ananias, he loved his wife Safira's, also sold a piece of property. Now this is what happened in Acts 4. People will sell their property and come to give it to come to give the money to the apostles. They will sell it and bring all the money to the apostles. Okay? They did not force people to sell it. They did not, they did not make people do it. People did it from, from their own from their own will and desire. Okay, so Ananias also and his wife also sold their stuff without being asked to. They now came and gave the apostles the money and said, "This is all the money." When it was not all the money, again they did not need to. But this peer pressure, this thing about peer pressure, we are also in church. We are big givers. Let, let, let it also see that me too, I am one of them. I'm one of the big boys. One of the big givers. This show of thing, this peer pressure thing can kill people. Ah, so they are all sowing to, sowing to the pastor. Pastor, I brought my entire salary. So you don't have to do your own too, pastor. They did not ask you, they did not beg you. They did not be, you just want to go and do show off. Okay? So that's how they got here. All right, verse 2. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of money for himself, but he brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Verse 3. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Verse 4. Did it, it belong to you before it was sold? At that time it was sold, was it the money at your disposal? What made you think of such a thing? You have not like just a mere man, you have not like to man beings, but to, but to God. Verse 5. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. There's a young, young, young man came forward out of his body and carried him out and buried him. Amen. So, Jesus told him, you have not lied to human beings, but to God. Immediately, he fell down and died. Again, we now concluded, we now, we now concluded that God killed him. But nowhere here did the Bible say God struck him and killed him. But our own bias, we've made that conclusion. Verse 7. Verse 7. About three hours later, his wife came not know what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price that you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Wow, couple goes, right? <laughs> Verse 9, Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the Lord? Listen, the feet of no bread, your husband, are the door, and they will carry you out also. Verse 10, at that moment, she fell down on his feet and died. Then the young man came, came in, finding her dead, carried her out and buried her side of her husband. Great fear seized the old church and all who heard about this event. 
Now, is God trying to make us do right by fear of punishment? Amen? Is God keeping me in line by fear of death? Am I going to do good because God will kill me? Would that be love? Okay, so, you're my wife. You're not my wife, so I get the point. Okay? <laughs> so, I love you. So, if you, so, so you don't offend me, I scare you with, I will so beat you. I will so beat the father, I will kill you. So, will you call that love as a way to keep you in check? All right, good. So, Bible says in Luke, if you then being evil, we will not do that. Okay, we, we being men with our funny behavior, we will not do that. How much more will our Heavenly Father? We need not do like that. The one that calls himself love, will we say love did that? Is it possible, rather, that, you know, in that moment of, of blatant disobedience, you rejected God, and there was a room for them to strike them? Is it possible? It's very possible. To what kind of lie? To what kind of lie to, to somebody? Unprovoked. Now, they see, they see told you. What you did is, you did not quickly say, ah, Kenneko, Kenneko, even when his wife came and backed it up. That's a main family. So is it possible that the devil enjoyed killing them? Took just opportunity and just, don't forget, the devil goes about. He goes about. That's his job description. He's going about, looking for who to devour, looking for openings. Is it also possible? Now, this part is not in scripture. Okay? Is it also possible? Now, when people say this, okay, I don't really agree with them. I'm just saying, is it possible? Is it possible that Peter, like his friend James and John, James and John, like, his, like them, because don't forget this, Peter, James, they, you know, the, the, the inner, inner carcass guys. Is it possible that Peter, like Elijah, killed somebody? It's possible too. It's possible. All right? It's possible. Okay. But, okay, nowhere here did he say, and God, you know, struck them dead. It's important. Are you good? All right. First Corinthians, first Chronicles 10, 3 to 5. I want to some first Chronicles 10, 3 to 5. First Chronicles 10, 3 to 5. What we see clear in all of scripture is that sickness and affliction are Siamese twins. These things should scare you of sin, not scare you of God. They should make you hate sin. Fear what sin can bring, not fear your father in heaven. The kind of fear God has is, is reverence, honor. It's not, ah, God can kill me fear. No. But you should fear sin like that. It is healthy to fear sin. You know why? Sin can look very tasty. If you don't fear sin, you will taste it. Ah, Ramzo, see boy. <laughs> All right? Yeah, sin is tempting. Guys, are we together? I like to talk to guys the most because we can relate. Amen. Girls are fine. Israel, girls are fine. And when you're not married, you start to become ugly in your eyes. 
They don't suddenly become ugly. Oh, your wife, only wife is now fine. They don't suddenly become ugly in your eyes. They are still very fine. Like, oh boy, God, they create. Uh-uh. Right. Women are fine. Most men are fine. So, if you don't deliberately scare yourself, scare yourself off sin, you can be thinking sin until you do it. That's the thought of how sweet that sin is. Amen. Now we see in movies how someone falls in love with somebody else and just grab each other, just kiss each other. That feels so spontaneous and so sweet. But you know that those thoughts come to you once in a while too. That thought of the, what you saw in the movie. <laughs> so if you don't help yourself to go through the Bible and see that it's like a man putting hot coal on his laps and thinking you will not be burned, you'll be thinking nonsense. When you remember, when you remember that sweet kiss, you don't remember hot coal or lap. That's the idea. And you feed, look at David and, and Bathsheba. When you remember what it cost David, you're just shh, like water part of your body. <laughs> That's the idea. So scare yourself of sin. That is sexual sin. Why? The media makes it so good. So you're at war already. Amen. You're at war with, with a disadvantage already because you see every day. You see good, good sin. Every day. So you're at a disadvantage. So you have to help yourself to get, get back the upper hand by feeding your mind the opposite of it. How deadly sin can be. If you're married, you do it every day if you can. Amen. Remember. Hmm? Stolen water, sweet though. Until you get to your stomach. So run belly. All right? Amen. Glory to Jesus. All right, first, first Chronicles 10, 3 to 5. You're almost done. First Chronicles 10, 3 to 5. If you are there, say I'm there. Okay, I'm, wait for me myself. <laughs> first Chronicles 10, 3 to 5. Okay. The fighting grew fierce around Saul. And when the, the actors overtook him, they wounded him. Verse 4. Saul said his armor bearer, draw your sword and run me through. Or this of subsized failures will come and abuse me. Verse 5. When his armor bearer was terrified, I will not do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. And when the armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, it fell on his own sword and died. You see that here? That Saul killed himself. You see the Abby? Let's go down to verse 13. Let's see what people said. You will see how you see how we blackmail God. Verse 13. Saul died because of unfaith to the Lord. He did not kill the Lord. You know. Yeah. Verse 14. And did not inquire of the Lord. So the Lord put him to death. And turned the kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. Wow. We just saw here that Saul killed himself in war. How come you're telling me in the same chapter that the Lord Killed Saul. So, if we don't carefully read the Bible and the way these guys talk in their days, we'll be in trouble. We'll be in trouble. That God is said to do what He permitted, what He could not stop. What said would happen? A man's concept of sin that comes upon him by his own sin. 
Finally, James 5, 14 to 16. James 5, 14 to 16. James 5, 14 to 16. This should scare you of sin. That's the point. This should scare you of sin. 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 Sin kind itself is own seed of destruction, its own seed of death. It might take a while, but things are happening. Sometimes I was thinking to that people. You steal money, money for, 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 from government, money for hospital. You steal. People die. wonder why they die. When I was going to say, go and pray to God about it. Are you kidding me? You start to steal money. You should go and pray that God will do what? You got to throw the hospital, throw, throw, throw them oxygen. My children, open your heart, take oxygen. Then we will see the way the world is right now. It's about sin doing no strong thing. So now, you now steal money that even in your state, you don't have good hospitals. In your state, it's mad. They just go at the most crazy people. In your own country, no, no good hospital in your country, no good hospital in your country, no one that you can stay in your country. No one that you can stay in your own country. No one hospital that you, the president can stay in your country, you cannot stay here. You have to fly you out somewhere else. What, what do you die for you get there? How do people think? Not even when Nassau Rock is working well. How? <laughs> Come here, help me. How, 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 how crazy is this? You have to fly out, president of Nigeria, to go and get healed somewhere else. It's, it's amazement. Sin carries in itself his own seed of death. So, if, for example, his own causes now for terribly sick, how would you fly them out in one hour? To London and one hour. How will you do it? Amen. Okay, verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let them what? Call the head of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. So it's tying sickness and sin together. Now, what's not that, that everyone when people are sick is, is caused by, sickness, by sin. But that there are times when sickness is a fruit of sin. Saying that if they have sinned and they come before God repentantly, they will receive their healing. Verse 16, look at this. Therefore, confess to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So, repented, you know, repenting from the sin, okay, and come, come before God with humility and in faith, okay, people can be healed of any sickness they have, they have gotten into, you know, through sin. But at many times, sickness and sin are Siamese twins. So, you should run from sin. Are we blessed tonight? Are we blessed tonight? Yeah. Did you learn a lot? Yeah. Let's give him praise. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, to show us yourself more accurately. Thank you for sending us Jesus so that in him we see you more accurately. Thank you for sending us Jesus so that in him we see you more accurately. Lord, we pray tonight 
that you open our eyes even further to see you clearer in the word. We see you clearer in the word. Tonight, our resolve is stronger to do right, to obey you, to walk in love, to live above sin. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. We hope you were blessed by that sermon. Cheers to growth and global impact. Feel free to contact us via our social media platform at This Green Church. And do join us every Sunday by 9 a.m. and Wednesday by 6 p.m. to be a part of our family. Remember, you are that Savior. You are light and life to your world.